Well, good morning, Resurrection Presbyterian Church, and to anyone else who may be joining in, I'm sorry that we're not able to be with one another this morning, but also grateful that we can still join together in worship even when we're apart. And what I want to do in the short time that we have together is to give our attention to two passages of Scripture that I hope will be of some uh, encouragement to all of us during this season. And, and throughout Scripture, what we see is people's lives filled with challenging circumstances. These are real hardships that press down and that threaten to squeeze out life. But what we also see again and again is that real hope is offered and the hope that is held out and given to God's people is not this promise of changed circumstances, of everything that is wrong being made right here and now, but it is this promise that God will be with us, that in times of trouble, he is not far off, but he is near. And that when we have a clear sense of this nearness and live in light of this nearness, that it will produce in us some very specific responses to the difficulties of life. And so what I want to do is read these two passages. One comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, and one comes from the Psalms, and see how they remind us that God is near and how his nearness is a very good thing for us. So first, Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And our second reading is from Psalm 9, verses 9 through 10. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble, and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Now, for those of us who are familiar with these words from uh, Philippians, uh, we often miss these, these few words that are tucked away at the very end of verse 4 when it says, The Lord is near. And what we need to see is that everything that is said in these verses about joy and about prayer, and about peace. All of it depends on those words, the Lord is near, being true. Because if God is not near, then all, all of those disappear. To be near is to be close. It's to be there, to be with someone, to be in it together. The, the Lord being near moves all of life that we experience from the realm of I to the realm of we. Everything from life's biggest disappointments to the most trivial experiences is not just an I moment, but it is a we moment. Sometimes I find myself praying that, God, would you be near to me during this time? But I really think a better and more accurate prayer is, God, thank you for being near, and would you help me to see and to trust that you are here always. Consider the last words of Jesus to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew when he said, I am with you always. Or consider his last meal with his disciples when he tells them, I will not leave you as orphans. 
It was spoken by the prophet Isaiah that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Sometimes when my kids were very little, they would get afraid at night and they would ask me to come in and and be with them and lay in bed with them. And and what happened in these moments was not that I came in there with all the answers or explanations about the dark or assurances about safety or statistics about break-ins, but, but what helped them, what brought them comfort and encouragement was simply me being near to them, being there with them. Now think about the picture that we are given in Psalm 19, the Lord is said to be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. The oppression is real. The pressures and temptations and trials that press down on us are hard and challenging. And the great hope here in this life is not that these troubles will just go away automatically, but that in the midst of the troubles that we have a safe place a secure place. One year in college, we went down to the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville, and to accommodate all the extra people, they would bring in these additional stands to the stadium, and our seats where we were were some of the cheaper seats at the at the top of, of these makeshift stands, and most of my memories of that game are not of what was happening on the field, but of these stands swaying in the heavy winds and, and shaking whenever we score because people were jumping up and down. And so what would happen is these stands would would move to the right or left by a number of feet. And there were a number of times when I thought that we were that we were really going to be on the news later that day because there was going to be this collapse and they were going to find us underneath all this rubble. Uh, the instability of where we were and of what we were standing on did not produce this sense of security this sense of peace. It didn't produce this joy. When you think about a stronghold, you're you're meant to think about something that is secure, about thick walls, about strong reinforcements and a separation between you and what troubles you. A, A stronghold is a safe place. It is a secure place, which fosters real joy, which fosters real peace. Uh, There's so many difficulties that all of us are facing. Some are known and some are very private and some are very, very heavy. And, And our most solid hope is not in quick answers, but in this old truth. The Lord is near. Today, tomorrow, when you feel it, when you don't. And when we have a sense of this nearness, it produces certain kind of fruit in our lives. Knowing this nearness leads to joy and to peace. Look at Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. And the scriptures are filled with words like these. Philippians 3, rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 32, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Psalm 40, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Psalm 5, let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Psalm 64, let the righteous one rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Psalm 97, rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 105, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. 
Now, there's a clear connection in all of these. There is real joy, but it is not connected to circumstances. The real joy that is presented and the delight is connected to the Lord and who he is, because this is the pattern. His nearness is our good. His closeness leads to joy, and this closeness and nearness leads to peace. We're told not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Every one of us knows what anxiety feels like. We and we are all un, we are all even now anxious and unsettled about many things, but there is a peace that is offered that is said to transcend understanding. And what that just means is that this peace is not dependent upon our ability to figure everything out. Sometimes life uh, is, is like it's big 10,000 piece puzzle. Uh, There's things that we have worked out. Uh, There's also lots of empty holes. There's lots of pieces that don't seem to fit. And there's lots of pieces that we have no clue where they go. And, And there is a kind of peace that happens when you finally put that last puzzle piece in place, knowing that everything is exactly where it should be and as it should be. But here we're told that there is a peace that we are given here and now that goes beyond our understanding, beyond our ability to put everything in place. And it guards our hearts and it protects our hearts and our minds. And we experience it as we bring the things that we are anxious and troubled about to the one who is near and who cares deeply. We don't have to have all the answers, but as Paul Tripp says, we we can trust in the one who does. During his last night with his disciples, Jesus tells them that they're going to face many, many troubles in the days ahead. And the temptation that that they're going to face is to become discouraged to the point of giving up. But he comforts them by offering them the gift of peace. But it's not the kind of peace that the world gives. It is a peace that is connected not to perfect circumstances, but connected to Jesus and who he is for us. And who is he for us? Simply put, he is the one who loved us and who gave himself fully for us. And those who know him, who really know him, put their trust in him because they know that he has never forsaken his own. Amen.